Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode 123. And this time, we thought we'd have a bit of a deep dive into a genre. And we're going to be talking about writing young adult fiction today, which is as you know, a genre that we have written in quite a lot. Yeah, and not to say that we're experts in it or anything, but we have done our homework, so hopefully we'll be able to have a good discussion about the young adult genre. Yes, and we're both quite big fans of it, one, reading it, and two, writing it. (laughs) Yes. I think it will be a fun topic to talk about. I agree. So before we get into our main discussion, we should have a quick writing update. Sarah, how's your writing been for the past month? Well, I am still working on the Lizzie chapter of Darkness Set Us Free, which has been an exercise (laughs) in entirely rewriting it. Oh no. (laughs) Basically. I'm nearly through the first half of it because, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I mentioned last time that... It's a very long chapter that's going to need to be split into two because it's like, I think it was like already around some crazy amount of like 6,000 words or something. And then I was like, well, now that we're like extending it even more because really it was kind of brushing the surface of like a lot happened and it was just really brushing the surface. And I was like, this is too much for one chapter. It's just too much. So I'm nearly at the end of the first half or like the new, where the new chapter ends, I guess. Right. Do you think two chapters will be appropriate this time around? Yes. (laughs) Or is it like like, three, four, I don't know, the whole book? (laughs) (laughs) The whole book ends up extending. (laughs) Uh, I can see that kind of happening though. But there's other bits that we can cut back on, I think. I feel like there'll be extensions, but then there's lots of bits where you're like, this is cut. (laughs) Traveling, traveling, traveling. (laughs) There's a lot of traveling. Stuff happens while they travel, though, so. That's true. We did make the traveling more spicy. (laughs) (laughs) How has your writing been going, Ashley? Actually, fairly good. I wrote something, which is the first time in a while after being pressured quite a lot by my friends in the Auckland writing group. Um, I did write a short story for the Dominion Road anthology, which I'm now pretty happy with. I started with like one topic and got 500 words through and like hated it with a passion. So scrapped it and like totally redid different, a different story, different um, time period. Because originally it was like set in the present day. I switched. Now it's set in, 1900s and is totally different um so that's good I managed to do just under 3,000 words so just below the word limit I didn't think I was going to make it but then no as with me I'm always like oh it's happening too fast (laughs) (laughs) I've got a pace I've got to slow it down I'm going to add more bits so then I was like writing I was like oh dear it's 2,900 and something now we've got to like end it and cut some (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's fine. We got there in the end, and I'm quite happy with it as well. It was oh, that's good. Quite fun to write, like jumps around between, like he, the guy's in prison and it jumps between like viewing back at his crime and then him in prison, kind of like dealing with the, um, the fallout from what happened. So it was very enjoyable. Looking to do forward that. to reading it. I was very happy with the title. It was like a really good double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know what to call it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, no, I have to. So I've called it The Fall. Um, <laughs> very enjoyable. So I was very proud nice. of that. My friend was going on about, you know, how she enjoyed the story. I'm like, well, I enjoy the title. I'm very proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice when you hit on a good title. Yeah. Like, yeah, this time. is the one. The one. <laughs> The because... whole time I was like, what am I going to call this? I have no idea. Oh, no. And just suddenly, there it was. I was like, it's perfect. <laughs> you know when you have that hunt for a title and you're just like, no, it doesn't quite fit and this doesn't fit and it's very challenging. And then you hit one and you're like, it's the one. Yeah, I like it. It's the one. <laughs> it's us with our ancient Greece book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I still quite like the one we have, though, to be fair. Me too. It's been growing on me, to be fair. <laughs> the more I, like, you know, kind of am in that world of our book, I'm like, actually, no, it does kind of fit. So maybe yeah. it will still be that in the end. I don't know. Anyways, we should continue on with this episode and get to the main topic of <laughs> writing young adult fiction. Yes. So before we jump into a little bit more in-depth discussion about YA fiction, I thought we could do a brief, you know, what is YA fiction, uh, like we do at the most at the beginning of most of these episodes. So Sarah, so YA fiction is a category that fits in between middle grade fiction, which is readers between the ages of eight to twelve years, and new adult fiction, aimed at people. 18 to 29 years and features protagonists of that age which means the young adult books are written for readers from 12 to 18 years these novels are generally more emotionally advanced than middle grade fiction and are supposed to act as a transition into adult fiction yes and YA fiction usually focuses on the subjects and emotions that teenagers wrestle with at that age and very generally speaking, revolve around stories where teens are beginning their transition into adulthood and usually results in them discovering themselves at some point. So generally more coming-of-age stories. Um, and some examples of really popular YA fiction, which you probably don't need me to go through, but I'll name a few anyways <laughs> in case some people might not be as into YA fiction. So for the yes. benefit of you. Um, some examples are The Fault in Our Stars, Divergent, Feed, and The Hate You Give. So lots of really great, great novels coming in that genre. Mm -hmm. For the next part, I thought we could talk about some of the specific elements and characteristics of YA, because there's a few um, I guess, features that are I guess, loosely associated with the category of YA. I feel like maybe... Maybe like 15 years ago, there was probably a more defined like YA genre, but I feel like now it's, you know, it's gotten quite a lot broader and I feel like there's a lot more, I guess, encompassed in it. Mm -hmm. I've given each of us a couple topics to speak to and then 
the other one can just comment on them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, you can go first. YA fiction tends to tackle quite heavy topics. And, you know, like I feel like this is grown more so lately. You know, I think there's a more of a blurring towards what's considered acceptable for YA, whereas before it used to be very watered down and adults would kind of be like oh no they can't deal with that topic so keep well away from that kind of thing Um, whereas these days it's much more accepted that actually young adults go through some pretty heavy stuff so to reflect that and to help them through it it's actually beneficial to tackle these heavy topics you know because the nature of learning who you are and developing as an individual set of beliefs tends to lead people to face these things. And, you know, developing a sense of self is an important life stage, but it's interesting because I also feel it's something that attracts adult readers because it's something that never really stops. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. But there is definitely a heavier focus on it in YA books because it's kind of a prime importance for the age group. I think we probably were a bit too worried about the heavy topics that we were including at the start of like when we were redoing our When the Rain Falls, right? We were kind of like, oh, is this too, you know, a bit worried, like, oh, is this too heavy? Oh, is this okay to be in there? Um, I guess because before I was, because the topics had been kind of watered down a bit, you're always like, oh, no, this can't be in there. And then now looking back, I'm like, oh, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> totally fine (laughs) it's interesting because I feel like we went through like sort of a gradation of feelings about the stuff that we were including like for me you know when we started it we had no idea about like what was acceptable and what was not acceptable and we were you know quite young teens we just like threw it all in there we didn't (laughs) care because we were teens and we were like yeah, like, let's make it as gory as possible, whatever. It's very dramatic. And then, you know, we started sort of in our late teens, early 20s, we were kind of like, ooh, ooh, maybe we shouldn't be, like, quite so blasé about this stuff. And, like, we, I remember we had a very specific conversation about whether we should, when we initially started redoing it, about whether we should include swear words. And we decided that we couldn't really do it without swear words because then it just sounds kind of strange which I still to these day to this day I agree with I'm like yeah doing it without would be really weird (laughs) but (laughs) you know and then yeah we've kind of gotten to this place where um it's much more accepted now anyways so yeah more comfortable (laughs) the journey that we've been on (laughs) with our teen fiction book I guess it kind of reflects the direction YA has gone as well, which is kind of yes, interesting. I know. It is very interesting because, you know, creating this book, like the first one in the When the Rainfall series, is something that took place over like a good decade <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or longer. So, you know, like it's kind of changed as the, the genre has changed. But yes. Um, the next topic that we thought we'd talk about is the age of the protagonists. So it is a very important topic that the age of the protagonists in young adult books 
um, must be similar to the age of the target audience, um, it's usually set at the same age or occasionally just above to challenge the developmental level of the readers. You know, if the age of the characters differ too widely, then the readers are going to struggle to relate to the character's mindset. So it's quite important for at least the main protagonist to be the the similar age to your target audience. And it can be challenging because, like, you know, you can start off with something that's maybe like the Harry Potter series where you start off a bit younger and then it grows as the series progresses. Like, you don't want to start them off too old because especially if you're going for a longer series because that then you're going to be in the adult or new adult age range um, by the time the series finishes. <laughs> but you also don't want to start them too young because that then you're going to like miss out on those slightly older readers who are kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit past that developmental. Well, not that they think like this, but they're kind of like, yeah, um, this is kind of childish. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, you, you do want to pick your age of your protagonist quite carefully. And I think we had to revise the ages of our protagonists to reflect that. I think we ended up doing like a couple a little bit older and then a few a little bit younger so we could kind of <laughs> do a range. <laughs> it was actually quite a quite a topic of discussion because we realized we're like, oh, we can't have them this age because we'll age them out of the book, basically. And then we're like, oh, we have to tweak this one. But they do also need to be older for like I guess their development as well because if it was too young it wouldn't work as well so yeah. it was sort of a fine balance <laughs> yes Character it was very fine balance down to the months <laughs> yeah it was quite funny and I I like how now we have like you know Jess is sort of a little bit younger um and then you know you've got Grace and Lizzie kind of like not quite out of school, and then like Levi and Dylan, like just at the very edge of the teen years. <laughs> yes, all very so carefully balanced. Good. Yeah, so a very fine range. And then I find it interesting that in the most recent book, which no one will know yet, but we do have some adult characters coming into it. But then we also realized that we were like, oh. Because they have viewpoints, we we needed to like tip the balance still back towards the teens. So we're <laughs> going to bring in even another younger character, which is exciting too. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's kind of funny having to bal balancing ages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which isn't, I guess, really an issue you would have so much writing adult fiction because you can kind of just do what you want. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you still want to be like aiming kind of around your audience level because it's not as important but yeah Alrighty. so the next one I thought we could briefly talk about is word count which everything I say is going to be really rough <laughs> 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 roughly um, so YA generally fits into the 45,000 to 85,000 um, words, very roughly, although I feel like the lower limit's probably closer to 60,000 these days, and the mm -hmm. upper limit's probably pushing um, closer to 100,000. 
Um, obviously, if you're writing YA fantasy <laughs> as well, they're going to be a little bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think, I kind of feel for YA, it really depends on how easy they are to read as to how yes. long they can be, if that makes any sense. I agree. <laughs> Which, yeah, with adult fiction, it really, it kind of, doesn't matter as much but if you're having a fairly easy to read easy to follow book they can the words can kind of push out a bit as well if you want I think well because I think it's funny when you think easy to read like they literally are easy to read and you fly through them a bit quicker yes (laughs) you say easy to read it's like actually like they legitimately just go faster yeah Uh, so (laughs) Um, <laughs> Liter- well, taking easy to read literally, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But compared to like something that, I don't know, has a bit more like substance to it and which is like quite carefully crafted and quite detailed and very liter- uh, literary based like I think that would be quite hard for a young adult to read a long novel of that. Yes. Um, not because they, you know, they can't. Like I certainly read some very long <laughs> adult <laughs> novels in my young adult years, but I do think like for something that's enjoyable for like most young adults and something that's aimed at them, yeah Um, you kind of want it to be a little bit quicker and a little bit more palatable yes Um, definitely because even though I did read very long novels and very adult novels you know I did notice and get a little bit tired sometimes when they were a bit longer and a little bit more challenging I'd be like oh and I wouldn't enjoy them quite as much Um, I remember reading (laughs) in year 13 or well, basically the the last year of school for anyone who's US-based because I don't, I guess grade 12, that translates to. Yeah, like I was reading The Thornbirds um, for a, it was actually for an English project. I was supposed yeah. to be selecting a variety of texts and for some reason I decided to choose like a ridiculously huge long novel. <laughs> I did the same thing. Mistake. <laughs> it was fine. And I read the book and like I made a good, you know, like I did a very good job on the project that we were supposed to be doing, um, which was basically like a literature review. However, <laughs> it was a little bit challenging. <laughs> I agree. I read a fine balance and it was well, it was fine balance as to whether I was going to finish it because it was really long and that book's got really heavy, heavy um, topics in it as well. And I, <laughs> it was more like a just finishing it was the accomplishment, not even like using it in the literature review. I was like, I've oh, done it. <laughs> um, anyway, so the next point, uh, just moving on a bit, is reader appropriateness which goes a little bit with the heavy topics but I kind of looked at it more as a like tech kind of like from the technical side so Mm -hmm. um first 
like you said, Sarah, with the heavy topics, you're thinking about what teens want to read, but then also remembering that they are teens between the ages of 12 to 18. Um, And it's quite a broad age group. And so I think the things to think about when you're thinking about your reader um, are things like the language appropriateness, like the types of language that you're using and not making it too challenging for them to read. Um, So thinking about certain word choices um, that you're going to use in your novel. Um, the topic choices, as I've mentioned before, with whether, you know, how how heavy you're going. And I think think also things like slang, which I've written with a question mark next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think slang can really aid you as a writer, but also is really good at like anchoring your novel into a specific time period as well though because mm-hmm. of the slang yeah, that you're using say, like, slang changes so quickly <laughs> yeah yeah so I think that's some a few things to think about when you're thinking about your readers did you have anything to add Sarah I think like another thing that you might want to consider is if you do include heavy topics to maybe consider um like putting a disclaimer on it we haven't too much for ours I think like beyond when you list it and stuff it asks you like a bunch of questions about that kind of thing but I think you know we will be rewriting our little Amazon blurb shortly because I think it needs a little bit of work Um, and that is something that I'm considering adding because I think it's important that even though you do include these things and even though it is common to a lot of young adult literature that it might be beneficial just to warn people um, who might have triggers that it contains some challenging elements to it. Mm, Definitely. And, And to warn parents too if they're not comfortable with their children reading something like that. That's a good point to add. Alrighty, so moving on. I thought we could talk about whether there are any specific like genres that are better suited to YA over others. So Sarah? Yeah, so I think it's important to remember that it is just a large umbrella genre. You know, in bookstores yeah. and libraries it gets grouped under one gigantic category, but <laughs> it is no different from adult fiction in the way that there are many different subgenres within it. And I think that all genres have a place in young adult fiction because your reader base is still as wide as adults. Um, In some ways it's wider, I would say, because you're including adults as well. Yeah. And the fact that you've got probably more young adults read than like adults in their daily lives, I would say, because they have a little bit more time. Yeah, probably. (laughs) And, you know, they're encouraged to do it a little bit more as well. (laughs) But so in some ways you've got a wider base. But, you know, there are a couple of genres that are more common. Like fantasy and sci-fi is one because they haven't quite lost their childhood imaginations and enjoy Mm -hmm. reading about things that aren't always set in reality. So the sense of adventure that young adults have can be satisfied um, through sci-fi and fantasy but it also gives them a different setting to understand social like hierarchies and order and um, that kind of thing because when you're thinking about I guess sometimes when things are set 
in the real world and as they are already seen like it's kind of like someone's explaining to you something like a new concept and they explain it in like this one way and you don't quite get that way and you're kind of like yeah but can you like say that again like (laughs) and can you like just you know give it to me a little bit differently is that like the sci-fi and fantasy can be kind of good in that way from like taking a similar situation and then like reframing it in a different setting can sometimes like help things click in a different way that you might not have gotten before um can you can you rewrite that fantasy please i feel like i'll get it better (laughs) that would be great you know you just take some like normal like i don't know classic book well they do do that you know um there are rewritten things like i know pride and prejudice was like rewritten in zombie form for example (laughs) i know i kind of want to read that (laughs) but yeah so another genre which is really common is coming of age but i feel like that's often interspersed with life challenges so you get kind of social issue problem novels are really common themes and then also romance is huge in YA as well. Yes. You know, there's the, the first romance <laughs> and everyone always has a bit of like rose-tinted glasses when it comes to like yep. your first love. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, um, how about what, what do you have to add to that, Ashley? I was going to say I don't have too much to add to that because like you said, basically any genre can fit into YA um, and there would like there well there's a, uh, an audience for it so but I I guess a couple that maybe will add to it is um, dystopian even set in our world and you know in a fantasy world or sci-fi I feel like that's really popular because I think it really suits the coming of age stories mm-hmm. really well and also you know the us against them kind well, of theme yeah and the, <laughs> the social issue yeah yeah it like combines a lot of the elements i think the dystopian (laughs) no it just feels like it works very well um and more recently i think thrillers yes actually i did miss that one not i would have said maybe 10-ish years ago maybe not so much thrillers but psychological thrillers are huge at the moment (laughs) but more recently it seems to be the flavor of the month um, mm-hmm. And I like it too, though. Like, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I should have thought about that because I've written one, but <laughs> I totally forgot that. <laughs> Which is funny. Um, yeah. Anyways, if we keep moving on, I thought we could talk a little bit about the different point of views that are used in YA um, and if we have any pros and cons about using them or if any work particularly well. Uh, in YA fiction so Sarah Mm, I felt like there's a lot of debate about this one and I took it from several different angles because I got a little bit confused by the question initially (laughs) um but so and then I was like oh I know what she's meaning but anyways (laughs) all good (laughs) so firstly I looked at it from like multiple protagonists versus single protagonists and So I thought, you know, like having multiple protagonists, it can be beneficial as you can relate to a wider audience, Um, not to mention different views can be expansive for young adults 
and adults <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> yeah. developing empathy through writing. I remember um, one of our old talking shop episodes, which we no longer have, but <laughs> I once reviewed a paper on empathy and reading fiction, and I think having multiple viewpoints would only kind of enhance this effect further of um, having more empathy because you're reading from like more viewpoints at once mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like seeing all sides of a situation. So I think that can kind of develop that. And, but you know, equally a single character's viewpoint can give the reader something stronger to connect with and can help them guide or be guided through a novel. And so then I started thinking about third person versus first person, which I think is where the, the question was more aimed. But anyways, it doesn't matter. It sort it of all. just generally. So <laughs> Sarah's just giving us a big rundown on point of view, generally speaking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so traditionally, the first person has been well used to create a stronger connection with adolescents who are very kind of me focused, I've put in quotation marks. And allows them to dive straight into the thoughts and feelings of the character without needing to filter through the narrator's voice that is present in third person. However, I do remember uh, one article Ashley reviewed that pointed out it can also be alienating and there is a lot of bias in first person, which, while sometimes this is used to good advantage, can also serve to distance the readers from the character. And you can minimize this bias by telling the story in third person instead. Um, When it comes down to it, both viewpoints are equally valid choices um, when it comes to first and third person. But you might want to consider carefully the type of story you're telling and the benefits and disadvantages of each for your particular story. It's basically (laughs) what it boiled down to, in my opinion. (laughs) You're both like, it depends. Yeah, that was kind of my first, my gut instinct was my answer is going to be, it depends. Um, So I I definitely agree. I think first person generally can work really well for YA, generally because I think it usually feels a lot more personal and because YA requires a really strong connection to your character and to character voice, which we'll talk about later. I think, I guess, first person is sort of the the easy way to achieve that, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I think, I feel like if you have protagonists that might be a little bit more disliked or harder to connect with, I think third person limited can be quite a good choice because it can sort of take away that um, barrier, I guess, between the reader and the character. Mm Mm-hmm. I was in like, oh, what about second person and third person, like omniscient? And I kind of, probably just from pers- personal opinion, but I feel like they're a lot more challenging to have um, yeah. in YA because at least the omniscient perspective, because YA is so character focused and really um, involves your readers, you know, having quite an intimate, like, connection with your protagonist I feel like the omniscient perspective is a bit too distant for that um yeah I also struggle to write that perspective so that could just be me (laughs) Um, I was gonna say about the 
second person as well is that I feel like it's almost too young. For yeah. YA. Like I feel like second person should be used a lot in middle grade fiction for like, you know, a choose your own adventure book yeah. that's, you know, yeah. fun and different. But if you gave it to like a young adult, they'd be like, what is this? No. <laughs> Stop talking to me. <laughs> Definitely. So I guess those are kind of my thoughts about the the point of views. I, do, I agree with what you said about uh, multi-perspective as well. It can be good to have someone everyone can connect with and sort of give different perspectives or different situations, which can add an extra something, something to your book, which is cool. It's becoming a lot more common too, I think, the multiple perspective in young adult fiction. Oh, um, it's fun because you can create a lot of drama that way as well, which who doesn't love drama in YA, so... You know, <laughs> we've talked about this before, but you know, like the fact that first person multi perspective is becoming more popular too. Yes, but it used to be that it was like, What the heck are you doing? Like, when we started writing it, we were like, I have never read a book like this. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely, at least, you, you <laughs> but can now I've read lots. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So we're not so strange now. No, <laughs> fit right in. We were edgy once. We are not edgy anymore. (laughs) Um, As a final point for this episode, I thought we could briefly touch on the use of tents in YA because there's, I guess, uh, Sarah probably has a little bit to say about tents. (laughs) Let's go with that. Well, so when you think about tents, just the main thing is that it alters the immediacy of the writing. And because of this, it's not uncommon to use present tense for YA to make the reader feel as if events are unfolding in real time. Um, You know, the feeling of urgency that comes with the present tense is often a good fit, uh, as on the whole, a teenager is learning learning the art of patience and (laughs) (laughs) ruffle some feathers here. Uh, But for the developmental stage, it is quite normal to want something fast-paced and appealing to their want to grow up and get on with life. And I think the only issue with present tense, though, is that sometimes it makes it feel more like someone is narrating the events as they occur. And to me, it's a a little bit less natural. But I have written this way before for my standalone YA novel, which I've yet to publish. (laughs) Um, And even though present tense might be well suited is not to say there's no place for past tense either so past tense when written well can make still make the reader feel present at the scene but the feel is a bit different as the reader it feels more similar to reliving an event after it's happened and depending on the content of your novel I think it can be beneficial especially for some books which might have particularly adult themes and big social issues I think it might be a bit easier to process the themes without the immediacy of present tense, mm-hmm. which could almost be too intense or too confronting for I was about some to say, it content. Might be, like, yeah, it's too much, you know, like mm, when you're dealing yeah. with this like big, heavy topic, but two, it's happening right now really fast. <laughs> yeah, I think it's for some like really heavy topics, it's easier to have that little bit of distance to it and to have the feeling of, oh, this has happened in the past. I am safe. I can read this mm-hmm. and like comprehend this at you know and and still get a lot from it but be 
safely kind of distance from it at the Mm -hmm. same time so I think it again depends on the type of novel that you're writing as to what tense you might want to use I definitely agree I also just just wrote it really depends on your story and whether the immediacy of present tense is going to you know work well to tell it or whether it's going to be too much or not I feel like past tense I've written is quote-unquote the safe option (laughs) If that makes any sense. Not that it's a bad option either, but I feel like most stories you could could work in past tense, but some would work really well in present tense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, sense. I mean, you think about the Hunger Games is one that always comes to mind when you think about things written in present tense, and I think you know she focuses on some big topics there too. There's like a very big social sort of hierarchy and institution that's happening, and that's you know, a lot of death in the book as well. But I think the distance there comes from the fact that it is dystopian and Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, in the sci-fi fantasy genres. Um, So you get that distance from that. So I'm, you know, if you're not, if you are going to focus on some heavy topics and you want a bit of distance, there are like multiple ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was a good summary there. <laughs> so anyways, that brings us to the end of the first part of our discussion on writing YA fiction. Uh, and next time we will be continuing our discussion about this, uh, maybe talking a little bit more about character as well, which as you both know, Sarah and I love character. <laughs> I say this every episode, just in case yep. you didn't know. <laughs> So, and if you would like to be on our author spotlight section, you can apply by going to lindersoncreations.com. Hover your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu and you will find a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. And if you'd like to know any more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle lindersoncreations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. 